just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by no one. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Sean Haspel. Uh, Allison Whitlock could not be with, or Allison Pratt, rather, could not be with us tonight. Um, and uh, she's not going to be missing much, because uh, the Saints lost to the 49ers on Sunday, 13 to nothing. It was pretty depressing, pretty bad. One of the more excruciating games to watch in recent memory. Um, Saints are now four and eight. Um, doesn't really matter what place they are in the division because everybody else also lost, except for the Panthers. Um, so despite how horrendous the season has been, the Saints are still alive in the playoff hunt because they can still win the NFC South. Sean, what are your general thoughts, reactions? How are you doing in the uh, post 13 to nothing world that we now live in? I mean, this game against the Niners this past Sunday, uh, it really was the perfect encapsulation of this whole season. I mean, it really was a microcosm of, of everything. The Saints, I, I think, I want to say like the Saints, it, inarguably played really hard on both on like both sides of the ball all phases that doesn't mean they played well they there were some things that they did really well the defense actually played one of their best games of the whole season um against a one of the toughest offenses to defend in the whole nfl one of the most talented offenses in san francisco and the saints are still missing um arguably their two best defenders in marshawn Lattimore and pete werner but and but the defense like grinded all game held the held the Niners prolific offense to only 13 points despite <laughs> getting very little help from the offense. Um, and this game, it, it like I said, it was just a microcosm of everything. The Saints played hard, but through a combination of their own like sloppy mistakes in terms of penalties and turnovers and just like bad execution, bad luck and bad officiating. It was just like spinning in neutral the whole game. It was like a really pardon the literary term, but it was like a Sisyphean effort. We were just trying to push this boulder up a hill the whole game and we could like never reach the top. And it was just like a like like, an, like a doomed task, doomed task yeah. from the outset. Yeah. There were, there were two plays in this game involving Chris Olave that I think were like a microcosm of the season. Uh, one was his like deep pass that he uh, appeared to have caught and then dropped. And then it was ruled a not ca a non catch uh, mm -hmm. upon review. And then there was, the Andy Dalton shot put pass on third and short to Olave that he yeah. like threw into the dirt 
And Alave would have probably gained like 10 to 15 yards in that play had he caught the ball. And like, I feel like both of those plays like involved something that was like good. Like you can see the talent and the potential that's there, but ultimately like something really stupid doomed them, you know, like on the, on the long pass that got overturned during the review, like you just don't drop the ball. Like I know everyone is bitching and moaning about the officiating and how that should have been a catch. And he made a football move, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe just don't drop the ball, like hold on to the ball. And no one is even questioning that play. Yeah. Don't leave Um, any room for doubt. And then you have that screen pass. And it's like, if Andy Dalton just doesn't make the throw of like a noodle armed 11 year old, like he probably just waltzes across the, the marker for a first down and maybe more like it was a, it was a good play call and it was executed well, except for the fucking pass. Yeah. Well, (sighs) so to be fair, like, and I don't know if you like missed it on the replay or any discussion afterwards, like Alvin Kamara bumped the ball in Andy Dalton's hands and like completely messed up the timing and the mechanics. No, even better. Another mistake by Alvin Kamara, which we will get to. So exactly. So, um, which leads me to say like Alvin Kamara fumbled twice in this game. Um, And he now has more fumbles this season four. Then he has touchdowns, I believe three, which yes, is three touchdowns for, for like inarguably one of the best players in the NFL the last like And they happened in one game. Six years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like unfathomable. And I don't know, like the vibes around Alvin right now are just not great. I mean, starting back, like dating back to the Pro Bowl last year when he like brought the this legal bullshit drama on himself. Like I still maintain that like, like just have your goons beat up the guy for you. Like that's the whole point of having <laughs> goons like, like to like hand to do your dirty work for you. Like, I don't care if you're like being real or not. Well, like this is like to quote Dave Chappelle, like this is when keeping it real goes wrong. And like, now you're going to be suspended for like fucking four five, six games next year. And it's just been like a bullshit, like storyline this whole year. And like, I don't know if it's that like put like a, bad juju on him for his on-field performance this year but it it regardless of what happened it he's played like shit this year um and he hasn't yeah he hasn't had great uh obviously quarterback play and you could argue like they haven't done a good job scheming him but like you can't blame pete carmichael can't blame Jameis winston or andy dalton for like his fucking fumbles um and and then like like alvin was like the guy like like extorted extolling like the team to uh play better like a couple weeks ago and like which is notable but like you gotta back that shit up man like you can't fumble so he he fumbles on our opening drive of the game defense actually holds uh the Niners offense to I think just three points um but that kind of like set the tone for the whole game and then I think it was like in the fourth quarter we're like driving and like Andy Dalton it's like a good pass to Alvin who gets it down to like the one or two yard line is hit ball pops up in the air and Jawan Johnson, who has had a great season, um, actually had a chance to grab the ball. Uh, he couldn't, couldn't snag it. And it went right into a Niners hands and, uh, it was a fumble 
And uh, that took like seven points basically off the board. Juwan Johnson had another drop in the end zone um, and just like had another bad game. So it was just, it was just like an extremely cursed, extremely cursed game. Um, extraordinarily frustrating. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say, man. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it was everything bad about the season. Yeah. Rolled up into one game. So um, on on the micro level, but then and then even on the macro level, it was an exemplary of the whole season because uh, in the run up to we were the late game on Sunday, and in the early window, the Bucks and the Falcons both had excruciating losses. So like much like it's been this entire season, the Saints like more or less controlled their destiny because the rest of the NFC South like continues to trip over their own dicks. So on one hand, not on one hand, we were like heavy underdogs in this game for a reason. And no rational Saints fan was like expecting a win, but like you and I both had communicated before the game that like we were I don't know, just like the stars were kind of aligning, the Saints were finally getting a little healthier. And there was just like a feeling that we would like keep it close and like maybe we could steal one. And the fact that that was true, but also not true at the same time, and the universe was aligning with the rest of the South losing, it just made it all the more <laughs> frustrating. And 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 then now, like ironically, like the Saints still like weirdly almost control their own own destiny with our matchup with the Bucks this, this coming up this weekend. We're only a game and a half behind them, so. Um, even though we're four and eight, it's, it's wild to say it is absolutely wild, but, um, the saints are know, they're What's his name? Mustafa from the Austin powers franchise. It's like, they keep, <laughs> they keep falling into the malcontent trap. And like, every time you think they're dead, you hear like, Oh, Oh God, the wound is starting to smell of almonds. Uh, Wolf OG Will Ferrell. Um, man, like we're well, in this Farrell like purgatory. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Slightly problematic in hindsight. Lots of elements of Austin powers definitely don't hold up well, but one thing that will hold up well from Austin powers three gold member was, uh, Michael Caine's rant of there's only two things in this world that I, I can't stand people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch, because <laughs> as our listeners may or may not know, USA takes on, the Netherlands in the World Cup, Sweet 16, this Saturday. So go USA, down with the Dutch. Uh, Dutch ovens are called freedom ovens uh, for the rest of this time until we beat them. Um, and the Netherlands, Holland, the Dutch, I don't know why you got so many names, but all three of those names are going to get their ass kicked by Uncle Sam. Book it. We should turn this podcast into a Michael Caine appreciation podcast. First, you go up the stairs, and then you go down the stairs. And that's how you do a Michael Caine impression. The first part of every magic trick is the prestige. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. What are Michael Caine's top three roles? Um, 
fuck, I don't even remember his character's name in The Prestige. The Prestige is the best Christopher Nolan movie. Like, as much as I love the Batman trilogy, even The Dark Knight Rises, which a lot of people hate on, but it's a great fucking movie, The Prestige is like the goat Nolan flick, I think. Mm. It's so good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not going to get better than than the Alfred than the Alfred role for Michael Caine. I don't think, or at least for people of our generation. Um, his role again, I don't remember the character's name from Interstellar will be infamous. Uh, I've still never seen Interstellar. He, he, no spoilers. Uh, oh no! <laughs> eh, you can skip it. It's not that good. I still want to see Matthew McConaughey crying watching his family he like die or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey um, trapped in a bookcase since the, the climax of that film. But oh shit. you'll okay. have to watch it to find out I'll what have, I mean by that. I'll have to watch it. Um, man. Well, speaking of being trapped in a doomed situation of, of which there is no escape, <laughs> um, the, the 2022 New Orleans Saints. Um, I, what the fuck is wrong with Alvin Kamara? Like, he has like single handedly lost two games for us this week, and then against the Panthers, yeah, when he fumbled and it was returned for a touchdown, yeah. Like, we could be six and six in first place in the division if it weren't for like his horrendous play. He's been pretty ineffective like all season, and yeah. it kind of makes me wonder. Was he only good because of Peyton and Breeze? Like, there's no doubt that he has like superior physical talent, but something's going on this year, and uh, this coaching staff, whatever, whatever voodoo cloud is hanging over the team, yeah, he's like gone, you know, into his little hidey hole, and uh, he really hasn't added anything except no. for the Raiders game. It's the only game he was like a plus, right? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Um, it just, <laughs> yeah, he, he's been a big disappointment this year. Obviously um, we like needed him to be kind of a leader like on the field and off the field. And I just, it doesn't seem like he's been able to provide that. So no, I, I saw that um, uh, uh, our friend, um, Ralph Marlboro tweeted that Kamara didn't meet with the media after the game. And yeah. that's like major time Bush league. You know, yeah. if you're going to stand up in front of the team and call for accountability, and then you're not accountable when you have your worst game of the season, that's like bullshit leadership. And that's something yeah. that, that Drew Brees would never do. He always right. faced the media. You know, yeah. even after that fucking game in 2012 when he threw six interceptions, like, still talked to the media, face right. the music. Like, yeah. you can't put on your hoodie and hide in a corner. Right. Well, and even dumber than that is like the excuse that was used by, uh, I guess, Alvin's camp via Saints PR was that it was his lawyer saying, um, it was his lawyer saying like, Oh, like we don't, we like, he's not allowed to talk about his legal situation. It's like, okay, well then just have the saints PR goons like 
instruct the media that it will only be football related questions and that if anyone asks a legal related press like conference like the presser the media availability will be like ended or like something like that like you know but you could just also not answer that question you could right. just say yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't answer that yeah exactly so it, it just whether it was a cynical like a deeply cynical move to just avoid talking to the media after arguably the worst game of his career or that was like the plan all along it just seems really short sighted so it's fishy it um, it, it reeks of, of a big fat dead fish this it's it's bullshit he yeah. just didn't want to talk to the media he was in a bad mood so i, I get right. it i was in a bad mood too but uh you know i don't get paid 10 million dollars a year to not fumble so yeah Look, if, if Nick man. Underhill wanted to talk to me after a game, I would totally talk to him. <laughs> um, I think, you know, in terms of my, like, where I'm at, my head, in terms of fandom, I think I've reached a point where, uh, you know, I was disaffected, then I kind of got back into it, and now I just have to go into, like, extreme compartmentalization. Because the truth of the matter is, I was a little encouraged by how hard the team played. You right. know, the, there were some shots of the players on the sideline at the end of the game where people were looking dejected, and that was a little disturbing. But, like, the defense played so well, and, like, yeah. the team was trying, and they were, you know, even though the results didn't reflect the effort, like, the fact of the matter is we are still alive. We have a huge game on Monday night against the Bucks, and, yeah. like, the season is salvageable. So like I will be invested for the three and a half hours that it takes to watch the game. And then however long I want to take afterwards to decompress, whether it's good or bad. And then like all other football related activities must be ceased. Yeah. I just, it's, it's so exhausting. This has been such an exhausting season, but we're still alive. And uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't lose sight of that. And like, I do want to ask the weekly question of is Dennis Allen fired? And I think no. After this week, the answer is no, um, right. because the team rallied and we didn't lose because of like a bad coaching decision. Right. Um, I don't think you can put this one on Da's shoulders. No, I I, I generally agree. Um, so, and then. The thing, though, is that I feel like this upcoming week is going to be a major test of, for DA um, in that after a loss like that where it just feels like nothing could go right and it was just emotionally defeating despite how hard you played, if, if the team – like the team – could have that same fight or they could come out flat um, against the Niners or against the Bucks. And uh, like it's the coach's job to get the team mentally and logistically prepared and emotionally prepared to go into a big Monday night game on the road um, where like the division is still in place. So 
So we'll see. Um, I think this really will be a referendum on DA and whether he's lost a locker room, like the faith of these guys. Um, so I don't know. I, I agree that they were still fighting on Monday, uh, on the last game. And, and I don't know, I got in like a kind of a Twitter discussion with, uh, Adam from the saints Twitter pod and kind of making that point. And he basically alluded to that, that there's some sourcing that he has. I don't know how legitimate it is or not, but that basically like there is dissension in the locker room and the guys or some guys, I don't, he, he was kind of like intentionally vague, but that they're the faith in DA is if not completely eroded large, largely enough. So, and that things are worse than it seems. Um, and so I don't know. I, I hope if he's correct, then it's overblown and, or maybe he's incorrect or maybe he's right. Um, but I really feel like the acid test, so to speak, is going to be this Monday night. And I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, this is the most important game of the year up to this point. Yeah. It's a crucible. Right. A very winnable game against like our, arguably our, our biggest like rival, of the moment, I would say. I mean, obviously, the Falcons are like our historical rival, and but I, I would say like the Saints Bucks rivalry is like the last couple of years is just yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, the division's still in play because we we win this game, go into our bye week, and then like we, like it's it's all set up for us to go on a, on a, on a run for the last. There's five games left, including this week. So it's set up for us to go on a run. And um, so we'll see. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, after, yeah. barring more injuries after the bye week, we could potentially have everyone back. Yeah, uh, knock on wood. Michael Thomas. Yeah, I don't believe we had any, at least on-screen bad injuries, besides, I think, a Bradley Roby concussion. Um during the Niners game, but other than that, I think our injury report should knock on wood continue to trend positively. And I think we might <laughs> we might get Marshawn back uh finally this week since he was able to practice last week. And I know that with Mike Evans uh coming to uh to play that Marshawn will want to play as well. Um another chapter of that that uh storied rivalries so um gosh yeah just father's day father's day came early it's coming early early um all right well so let's let's talk about the bucks game i guess we already kind of started but yeah um yeah biggest game of the year it really like if the saints win this game and if they beat the Falcons and the Panthers, that'll put them at seven wins. Um, they probably just need one more win on top of that. And I, they will either win the division or be within a game of winning the division. Yeah. Because no one's getting to double-digit wins in the NFC South. 
no, I yeah, I think nine and eight's probably going to be the best record um, for anyone in the South. Maybe eight and nine, to be honest, depending on what happens. So, oh man, but the Bucks like, they don't look they don't look too good. Like, no, they don't look they don't look good either. Brady looks uninvested and oh their old. passing game is terrible i mean it starts with their o-line is awful i mean they're they they and we knew this going into the year like their offense is kind of like played out like we thought it would that they they had some key departures um via retirement free agency and then injury with their o-line and it's just continued to get worse and now tristan Wirfs he's going to be out the next three to four weeks with it with an ankle sprain um i think like this is the first games he's missed in his in his career so hopefully our D line will be able to feast on them. Um, and their defense has not been great. Uh, they do get back um, Logan Ryan in their secondary. I know he's been good, good for them. Um, so that that might be a challenge for our passing game. I think I think he's the one who like forced that fumble on. I think it was Ingram in the game we played uh, against them week two. So their defense might be a little stiffer. But I don't know, man. Um, we'll find out. I, I'm done making predictions, but um, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I've, I've cashed out of that business of making predictions when it comes to the 2022 Saints. So, um, yeah. I predict that um, that Lattimore and Evans will get into a full-on Dragon Ball Z style brawl. Oh my God! The field. Who is who? Uh, who is which? Which one of them is is each character in, in the Dragon Ball? Z? I think Lattimore would have to be Lattimore's Goku, right? Because Goku is like the most powerful character in the story. He's the mm-hmm. you know the quote unquote protagonist, but he's yeah. fucking dead or like incapacitated or traveling mm-hmm. through space for like seventy five percent of the show. Sure. You know, most talented player on the field can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. but. uh but when he does show up, he's incredible, and he rarely ever loses. Yeah. And I think um, Evans would have to be Captain Ginyu. You know, the Ginyu mm. Force feared throughout the galaxy. They're evil, but they also are like very strange and do like all those stupid dances and poses. And uh, Goku just absolutely wipes the floor with them when he shows yeah. up during the Frieza saga. So Evans is a clown. That's basically yes. what I'm saying. He's a fucking clown, um, and he looks stupid, and he probably has a stupid theme song. Um, so that's my prediction. Yeah. Oh, and then he gets turned into a frog. So. Uh, no, I get I get what you're clowns. saying. Ho! Oh, it's a Dragon Ball Z pun. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I do want to follow up on a question that we discussed last week. And that was pending free agent, handsome Jimmy, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Didn't look terrible against the Saints. You know, I, th- I still think I would take him over what we currently have. You know, you, you <laughs> whoa, said last whoa, week, that's a low bar. Jimmy G, is, he, he's a known commodity. But guess what? He's a known commodity that's been to the Super Bowl. Um, he didn't look good in the no. Super Bowl, but at least he was there. He also didn't um, look good against the Saints defense this past week. Uh, Should have had a pick that was wiped away by a 
very questionable call. And uh, his one touchdown pass was um, fucking by the grace of God. And we broke it up and right into the arms of the defender. So had. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Tyron Matthew should just retire. Uh, like, yes. he's having the worst season of his career and somehow yes. is like in the Pro Bowl voting, leading the Pro Bowl voting. But yeah, it just kind of shows how much of a farce that is. But yeah, I mean, he actually, that was a good play by him. It was just. Like that, that play was another like micro encapsulation of that play was the whole game and that game was the whole season. And um, like DB actually makes an extremely clutch play in the end zone and the ball falls right to like some fucking no name receiver. And that was the only touchdown scored by the team the whole day. So, um, what, what did we do to deserve this season? Like, was it the pursuit of Deshaun Watson? Is that what, what the football gods are yeah, punishing us for? Maybe. I mean, I was just going to say, like, like, we owed them for our unprecedented run of luck. Or not luck, or just success in the Peyton era, which is, like, obviously unprecedented in franchise history and uh, not normally seen in the NFL as a whole. But... um yeah, maybe it is more immediate karmic response than our Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, our ill fated pursuit of a serial rapist, accused, alleged serial rapist. Yeah. I should say that. Oh, man. I was literally just thinking about it today in advance of the pod. Like, <laughs> if, if we did sign Jimmy G. I was like, oh, like, like I think he sucks. Like, how am I going to like him? I was like, well, I had already gotten my mental gymnastics started <laughs> on 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 wrapping my head around Deshaun Watson as a, as our as our as our quarterback. So I'm sure I'd be able to rationalize Jimmy G taking snaps for us. Um, his his weird sexual proclivities are consensual by all reports. So. Um, oh, does, does he have any? Uh, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. He does have a reputation for like dating like literal porn stars. Um, not there's anything wrong with that. I suppose it's a free free country. Um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Let's play a game. Okay. Would you rather have this quarterback or the Saints' current quarterback room? Uh, Tom Brady. 46-year-old Tom Brady. Would you rather have him or what the Saints have right now? Brady. Yeah. You take Brady? It's like pending, like, pending free agent, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, there was a report today, um, I think it was in The Athletic, that um, they think he could go back to Boston, back to New England. Um, and That would be Mac wild. Jones, yeah, they'd either trade Mac Jones or just like, redshirt him basically and have him learn under Brady uh, for a year. So Mac Jones or what the saints currently have. Uh, probably what the saints currently have. That's a, that's a tough one. That is tough. Cause I mean, like obviously like I me, mean, Mac Jones, I mean, I guess he was, was he a pro bowler last year as a rookie? I think he was, which is he's, incredible. Yeah, but, but he's, he regressed <laughs> and uh, came back down to earth for sure. Um, 
See, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I would only take Mac Jones if we had uh, a new coaching staff because I don't right. think the people we have are capable of developing him. Right. Um, um, Geno Smith or the Saints' current quarterback room. Oh, Geno in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I take Geno. I take yeah. Geno. Um. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say this. This has been a good game, but I, I, I didn't want to forget about it. I was thinking the other day, well, I, I think the fire Dennis Allen grassroots movement as it is, um, is going to be for naught this year if the team does continue to show fight, but who knows what's going to happen. But let's say the t- shit gets bad and Dennis Allen is fired and we're looking for a new coach um, and like a whole new direction, to be honest, like, but still keeping the t- most of the, the roster together. But like uh, in terms of like the culture of the program, quote unquote, um, we're looking for a new direction. This is like a little out of left field, but I was thinking like, how, what would your gut reaction be if Ryan day, had enough of the fishbowl of Ohio State and like wanted to get ahead of the increasing scrutiny that's coming his way um, after dropping the the big game back to back years and like I'm reading like I don't know Ohio State reporters saying that like they're almost like out on him and stuff and like that fan base is turning on him quickly. What if he like wanted to go back to the NFL and we know the saints have mm. like deep connections to that program and like are horny as hell for drafting their guys, guys that have been developed by him the last few years um, after urban Meyer left. What would you think about that? I have the saints ever hired a college coach. Hmm. Um, I don't think they ha- I I would have to go back and look to to yeah. pay for certain, but I don't think no any of our hires came directly from college, right? And I can't even think of an example of that ever really working, except for Harbaugh. Yeah, but John Harbaugh, wait, John, John's the Michigan guy, right? Yeah, Jim. But I mean, oh, well, Jim. I yeah, but P, I mean, Pete Carroll was NFL college, then NFL, but I mean. He did it. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, that's true. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. I mean, that's a little, yeah. little it it has that. It is rare, but um but Yeah, I don't I would be interested in Ryan Day, but I don't know if he would be my number one choice. No. Um, just because he, he couldn't get it done. Like that's right. why they're turning on him. They yeah, they have this this roster that's loaded and they just got their asses kicked in their own stadium by their yeah. most heated rival. Right. Um, yeah. And, but is that, is, does that make him like a bad coach though? You know, I mean, he wins like all those other games and right, right. It doesn't make him yeah. a bad coach, but it does make me want to ask some questions. I, I'm interested. I don't know if yeah. I'm on board yet. I yeah. think I'd have to be convinced. Yeah. There's, there's like no point in, in, in like, debating this heavily as it might not even ever happen. Uh, I mean, obviously Dennis Allen is not fired yet, so there's really no point in that, but 
just a random food for thought. And if if things do turn like they, I mean, like they might, let's let's like put a put a pin in this this one. Maybe circle back to it in a future episode. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be intrigued by him. I think I'd still be more intrigued by Ken Dorsey, um, because yeah. he has a track record of of developing quarterbacks in the NFL and has basically only coached for good teams. Um, but those are two candidates that I think we'll see associated with the Saints. Maybe. I mean, I, I would be. Yeah. I would be happy to see their names associated with us in yeah. the coaching carousel. I think the fire Dennis Allen train uh, has basically reached a fork on the rails. I think it can only go one of two ways. The first possibility is that the team rallies and continues to play with the effort they played with and they get their shit together and we win the division. And if that happens, I think he has to I think they're going to have to give him another year as much yeah. as I hate to say that, like, I, but at that point, like the team will be playing well and we'll all be happy or they'll be playing well enough at least. Um, and then you would think lo- logic might dictate that in the off season, we're going to have to go get another quarterback. Cause if you add a better quarterback than what we have, to a team that was playing the way it needed to play to win the division, then we might actually be cooking with gas in 2023. That maybe all Dennis Allen needed this entire time was a good quarterback. The other yeah. possibility is that uh, the dumpster continues to be engulfed in flames and the team has to, they have to know that like the fan base is going to, like the noise is just going to get louder if they keep him around. If he has a losing season, the locker room, if it hasn't turned, it will turn if we don't make the playoffs. So if he doesn't win the division and things get worse, then there, there won't be a mulligan. There won't be a second season. Yeah. Yeah. That's just my, that's my take. No, no, no. Those are the two possibilities I see. Yeah. I, I, I still kind of like maintain what I've said our last few episodes that, I mean, even longer than that, really, ever since this, the seeds of doubt began to be sown, um, that I think, I think like the default position is that he will be retained unless things get really, really bad. And by that, I mean like five and 12, four and 13 and like the losses like are ugly and bad like it uh, so we'll see i mean i feel like it's going to be one of those things that we can prognosticate and predict until we're blue in the face but you know it's it's going to be something that's like going to be pretty evident and um I will say though that almost regardless of what happens, like you know that someone is going to be made to be the fall guy, and it almost certainly fair or not is going to be Pete Carmichael. I think. Um, I think yeah. I think basically he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. 
served on the altar of the fan base. Um, I mean, yeah, you, I think that would be weak sauce if that yeah. happened. No, no, like, no. I don't. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not like a Carmichael Stan or anything like right. that. But the like the plays are the plays. If you execute them well, right, they're probably going to work. Right. That was like Drew Brees' whole thing. He just executed them to perfection. Yeah. You know, if you block mm. well, like you can bitch all you want about predictable running plays. If you block them well, then they're probably going to work. Right. Well, yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah. Someone's <laughs> going to have to. I, I mean, it's yeah. it's like a, I know I'm just like mumbling and stumbling, but um, it's just one of those situations where there's like no right answer because at the same time with as injured as we've been, um, we've been playing like one hand behind our back the whole year. And like, yeah, we got out. We, I mean, knock on wood, we got healthier against the Niners, but I mean, going back to that Steelers game, we were playing with three backup alignment and, uh, I mean like what, what running play can you, can you really reliably run with that? Yeah. So, but at the same time, like, I mean, everyone has injured. Like, it's, it's, I mean, you can argue it both ways to ad nauseum. So, I don't know, man. I just, <sighs> that was a shitty fucking game against the Niners. It man. was. That, it, it really, was. it was, it was, I mean, I, I, it was one of the more frustrating games we've had. Probably the most frustrating game. Well, I don't know. There's some recency bias talking. That Carolina game was was real bad. That was probably worse, just because we didn't play like we didn't play well at all. Um, and like, and 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 also Carolina is like dog shit. Like the Niners are like very good. Um, they have all pros yes. like all over the field on both sides of the ball. Um, so I mean, say what you will about Jimmy G, but like, yeah, they're they. Are, they like were a good team going into the season, and then they like added Christian McCaffrey, who like we shut down. Also, like the defense, God, like I'm just like talking myself in circles because like we like fucking played really well in defense uh, for the most part. And if you hold a team uh, to 13 points, you should win in the yes. NFL. Hold a team that has like as talented as the Niners are on offense to 13 points. Like, um, man, uh, missing like. Marshawn Lattimore and Pete Werner and uh, I think what, like, what was so defeating, got man. me the most was that I allowed myself to fall into the trap. Yes. I thought we uh, were gonna be I thought we'd show up. Like it, I I fell for it. I fell for the, it. It's Again, the hope it's the hope that kills you. It is. What's what's that from? Oh, I don't so, know. I think we should just pretend that Michael Caine said it in a movie yeah. directed by Christopher Downer. Names all sixes and sevens. Um, What's well, the point yeah. of doing all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? I'm sure that's what Dennis Allen said to Alvin Kamara in the locker room. Like, and as down as we are, like coming out of that game, if we beat the fucking Bucks. Like it's gonna be a basic 180. Um, yeah. So just this, beat the uh, box, man. 
this is a huge football weekend in Louisiana. Like it is. SEC it championship is. on Saturday, which really trying not to get my hopes up, but like if LSU beats Georgia, like even though we probably won't go to the playoff, that's still going to be fucking epic. Yeah, that would be. And um, man, but if we lose and probably will slide out of the top 20 uh, and then the saints lose on Monday night. Oh man. I just, uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't even, I, I can't say anything that won't get me canceled. Like that's how bad it's going to be. Well, it's going to be dark, dark times. Don't forget about the greenies of uptown. And the fighting Willie Fritzes, who are taking on the Gus bus out of Orlando, the UCF Golden Knights, the chip to the Cotton Bowl on the line on Saturday as well. So uh, tune in, folks. On uh, I might have to hop on the Tulane Green Wave bandwagon. Oh man, yeah, you gotta you gotta hop on, man. It's a fun it's a fun ride. The wave will be rolling on Saturday as well. So big, big Louisiana sports sports weekend, and then America start started off the morning with uh, U.S. soccer versus the Dutch at a uh, nine a.m. Central, seven a.m. Pacific, and all times in between. Just uh, beat the Bucks. Make Tom Brady regret all of his life choices, have him picking himself up off the uh, Raymond James Stadium turf, saying, I lost my supermodel wife for this. Uh, what are you going to do? Would you like to ad lib and ad read as Michael Kane? Yeah, Black and Gold <laughs> BS podcast brought to you by Jimmy G. Fragrance for men who like to date porn stars. Jimmy G. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm on, I'm on running on E right now, but we're getting through. Well, for Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt, I'm Jacob Christ now. And this has been Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Booker Media. Until next week, who dat? Who dat?